You're listening to What's the Rumpus? Shh. Geeks in progress. Our webpage is whatstherumpuspodcast.com where you can listen to episodes or join in the off-air discussion in the forums. Our theme music is Better Nation by Curious Hands, which can be found at podsafeaudio.com. Submit and vote for stories at whatstherumpus.reddit.com. That's R-E-D-D-I-T dot com. Welcome to another episode of What's the Rumpus. I'm Adrian Hanna. James Burnett. I'm Charles Thomas. Sick Charles Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> I know I don't sound like my usual peppy self. <laughs> Alrighty. So, uh, Peter Schiff is opening a hard money bank, or has already opened a hard money bank. Yeah. This is pretty it's- cool. <laughs> Sorry, were you going to actually say something more no. relevant than that? <laughs> <laughs> penis joke. What? Nope, I was just making a penis oh, joke. Okay. So is yeah. this basically like uh, all the money has to be actually matched with gold? Uh, or silver, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, so basically, before uh, FDR and the Great Depression, if um, uh, any amount of U.S. currency could be exchanged for an equivalent of gold or silver at any bank, uh, and then they, they broke that um, in as part of the New Deal. Um, and it, I don't think that there's a single uh, a gold-backed currency left in this in the world uh, until now. And th- oh, so wow. this guy's this guy's op- opening a bank where um, all all money in the in the bank will have um, actual gold or silver to back it up. Um, but what's interesting about this is because of the way that U.S. regulations for banking work, uh, it's easier to just not allow any Americans to open an account than it is to try and uh, keep up with <laughs> banking regulations. So as it's, long as you're not an American citizen, you can get an, a, a bank account with this guy. But if you're an American citizen, you're just completely not allowed. It's incredibly expensive too. Oh. Uh, so so they're like they're like instead of paying a shitload of money in order to to uh, maintain the regulations for the U.S., we're just going to say f this. Open our our bank in the Caribbean somewhere, like the Cayman Islands or something, and then not allow U.S. citizens to use it. Isn't that a U.S. Uh, uh, subsidiary or whatever. Yeah, Territory? but the, it, it, it's it's in uh, Saint Vincent's and the Grenadines, which I believe Saint Vincent's is also a U.S. territory. But the the thing is, is that that uh, it's since it's not the U.S., uh, it's not uh, subject to their their laws, especially since they're not allowing U.S. citizens to use it. <laughs> oh, uh, so but one of the things I thought was really cool about this was the fact that I mean, instead, like you usually when whatever bank you're using, it's you know it's based on whatever currency the for the country that bank is based in. So like, you know, if you're in the US, your bank is all in dollars. Well, the way this bank works is it's all in gold. So uh, it's it, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're in the US, I guess I shouldn't use the US as an example since they can't use it. But <laughs> say you're in Canada, which is the next best thing, and uh, and you want to pull pull some money out, you pull money out in Canadian dollars. And, you know, I mean, it, it, you go anywhere in the world and it's going to pull out in whatever currency they use anyways but it deals with everything and so you go to the the, the bank and it and it deals with things it, it, it's like a translation from from gold to whatever that is so everything is is based in in like the value of gold versus the like the currency of whatever versus the currency of something else which is interesting because the goal the value of gold doesn't really I mean it fluctuates but it doesn't fluctuate drastically really. right so the, the way it works is gold only only fluctuates when you find more gold, so it's way more steady than the U.S. dollar, which fluctuates whenever the Fed decides to print more of it. Yeah. Right. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's really cool. And and this guy that that did it, Peter Schiff, um, he he's uh, one of the most known people in like finance. Um, and he one of his big things is is like commodities trading. And so and and being and he is is a big big proponent of of solid commodities like gold and silver and um uh bearer bonds uh and that kind of thing you know things that that have solid value that don't fluctuate based on uh how the economy is doing in any given country it's you know gold is gold and gold costs this much and the only reason that the price of gold fluctuates really in any on any given day is because the currency in that market fluctuates so that's the only reason that that gold the value of gold really changes unless you find more gold or suddenly a bunch of gold just is not there anymore so so it's it's it fluctuates a lot and and gold doesn't fluctuate and silver doesn't fluctuate and bearer bonds don't fluctuate and so that's what his whole thing is and that's why he started this bank was because it's like it's like i now have a bank that is backed by solid things that 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 don't go away and they don't fluctuate and if you put money in if you put currency into our bank we will have something physical to back that up that doesn't fluctuate in value uh on on a similar note did you guys happen to read the the link that i shared with the really terrible title uh a couple days ago uh so it was from indianapolis monthly magazine um the the problem is i shared it via instapaper and it just rips out whatever the page is and it's got a really stupid title but it's about this guy called uh uh where's his name bernard von nothaus which is an awesome name it is an awesome name have you ever heard of this cat nope he created an alternative currency in the u.s called the liberty dollar and it it was all backed by gold and silver and uh he had like um so long story short he ends up getting shut down by the u.s government in 2007 because they claim he's counterfeiting and (laughs) they went to the place that was printing his paper dollars and tried to shut down their printing system and like the the guy that was the fbi agent that went in to shut down the liberty dollar printing threatened to uh take down the entire operation that was doing this printing and the general manager of the of the mill uh the um mint had to remind the fbi agent that their other client was the fed (laughs) it's a really crazy story but this guy ended up having like millions of dollars in gold and silver uh and and printed his own alternative currency like emperor norton yeah except on a massive scale and it was interstate too like he and also he wasn't crazy (laughs) well that's for debate (laughs) it's a really good read um and yeah he 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 ran the whole operation out of a strip mall in indiana somewhere it's wild that's that's pretty awesome anyways moving on internet or internet is quitting the iran wrong iran is quitting the internet because it's afraid of america yeah so uh with tools like stuxnet and flame coming out and that one that played thunderstruck yeah and that one that played thunderstruck um they uh iran has decided that they don't want to be on the internet anymore so they're building their own infrastructure to have their own intranet and uh they they wanted so that they can you know build their nukes in peace and not have you know the u.s and israel (laughs) building shit to try and dissuade them from from building nukes um so yeah they're threatening to black hole their entire country uh, and not allow traffic in or out of out of the country but still have 
an internet that's only within that region. Yeah. It's an interesting and terrifying idea, because if, if one government can do it, then there's nothing stopping another government from doing it. Yeah, no doubt. It's kind of it's kind of scary. Um, it's kind of scary, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, you're only going to hurt yourself kind of thing. I mean, you think about what what's going to happen when uh, when they, uh, you know, they, they, they do this. They're no longer connected to the internet. Well, first of all, their people are going to get all upset because they can't look at lolcats anymore. <laughs> and secondly, you know, any kind of internet commerce that existed in Iran prior to that um, is not going to exist anymore because they can't uh, put websites out for other people to look at. Think about this, though. The problem, the other problem, though, is, you know, part of part of the uh, the Arab Spring, the strength of that was the fact that it, they were being backed up by people in other countries, and that is not, like, that wouldn't ex- have existed without social networking, which is not going to exist when they shut off the um, the access outside of the country. Like, Twitter doesn't have a server in Iran, and even if it did, it wouldn't be able to communicate outside of Iran to share information about what's happening inside. Think about all of the, you know, in China, all those bloggers and whatnot are being pro- are being censored by the government, but people are still, um, people are still blogging and, and uh, writing about all of these horrible things, all these human rights violations happening in China. But if China black holes their entire country, then no one's going to know about it. Everybody in China was. Well, not for that. But that's what, like a sixth of the global population? Only? Yeah, just a sixth. <laughs> no, I, this is, I just hope other countries don't start doing shit like this, because that's just, I don't know. If, it, if China did it, for example, then that's a sixth of the country not connected to the one form of real free speech that we have. Uh, if they take know. black hole, if they take calling Asian countries, where's James going to get all his porn? <laughs> I'm going to have to switch to Russian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This the the implications of this are pretty scary. Because not because now I'm imagining an internet where U.S. citizens can only access sites that are operated by Canada, the U.S., Mexico, mm-hmm. Germany, Great Britain, or something. And then you have like weird trade agreements on who can access whose internet, yeah. and you have to pay more to access shit from other countries. And I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> Let's go to Mars. Yeah. Let's all move to Sea Land. <laughs> I'm in. Yes. <laughs> what you say is if I ever get some more cowboy hat money, I think I'm going to become a Baron of Sealand. <laughs> totally. I think that'd be pretty baller on a resume. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, moving on. Curiosity Landing, removed from YouTube after bogus copyright claim by Scripps. So, the uh, NASA has a, a YouTube channel, which they post a lot of shit on, on a pretty regular basis. Um, and uh, they their, their their video of the, the newest Mars rover landing was blocked, or was removed um, for a DMCA takedown uh, against uh, Scripps uh, Local Media, which is a, a group that does local media in a bunch of different local markets. Um, and uh, it's unclear whether this was because of YouTube's uh, like pattern matching algorithm or if it was like specifically the somebody at Scripps going, hey, that's our video. Take it down. So here's what there's there was another article that actually the exact same thing happened with a different link. Basically, what happened is NASA puts out um, all of their stuff as uh, public domain, so uh-huh. everybody was using it, and the upload time, I think, on scripts happened to be sooner than the NASA one, or I'm not even sure that that mattered, but basically what happened is their auto-detection system said that the, the so the entire broadcast by that was copyrighted by scripts only included a snippet of the NASA thing, so there was like, you know, the, the two anchors at the news desk talking about the you know, local sports, then they moved to the NASA story, and then while they're talking about the NASA story, they cut to a clip of the rover landing, 
uh-huh. and then cut back to the broadcasters. Well, it matches frame by frame, so it found the frames from NASA and then found the frames that were actually done by the NASA stream and said that they were the same and then knocked down the NASA one because it was a, a, a violation of the copyright that Scripps had, except that Scripps had copywritten the entire broadcast right. that only included a small section of the creative com- or the, um, the public domain video from NASA. And it happened at least one more time. I think I put a, a second link in the show notes. Oh, yeah. No, uh, the the deputy associate administrator for communications, uh, whose name is Bob Jenkins or Jacobs uh, from NASA, said that, that that this happens about once a month where, where they put up a video and it gets blocked because of a DMCA takedown because uh, somebody, you know, who does the copyright crap um, actually posts whatever and it has their video in it. And so their shit gets taken down and then they have to go to YouTube and say, hey, you guys, uh, this is actually our video. Yeah. Don't take our shit down. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm not sure is when you make a DMCA request to YouTube, does it automatically take the video down as soon as you make yes. the request? And then yes, it does. It? As, okay. soon as, as soon as you put in a complaint, it's immediately removed. Okay. Uh, but the, and, but the and other thing too is part of the DMCA is as soon as the complaint gets made, it has to be taken down and then okay. it, and then it can be appealed. I got so you. that's part of the problem. Like there was, um, well, yeah, so that's the problem. Like, and then well, the, the other, the thing other is problem is, has, is that they've, they've got an algorithm that, that, right. uh, that goes and, and, and it looks at things. So you don't even have to make the complaint if the, if their, their script in the background goes through and says, Hey, this copyrighted material, this thing that's been flagged as copyrighted by so-and-so that they uploaded matches this other thing. Um, we need to take that down because it's obviously a copyright violation. And so what happens then is, is NASA who releases their, their stuff as open source or public domain, they say, Hey, here's our stuff. Everybody can use it. Yay. And then somebody else goes, Hey, here's our broadcast that has NASA's stuff in it. It's copyrighted. So then the thing goes through and goes up oh, copyrighted, not copyrighted. Fuck this guy. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like YouTube could really get around this by finding like, at least for NASA, they ought to have just a flag that says don't block NASA's shit because they don't broadcast stuff that, but yeah. that's probably a, a violation of the law somehow. Dear script, this, this channel is public domain. It's not a copyright violation. Yeah. That would work really well. Yeah. Except then, happen. yeah, it's not going to, it's probably a violation of the DMCA. And additionally, the problem is if you flag somebody other than NASA, then there, you know, there's actually going to be copyright violations and then, you know, it all goes to hell. Right. So speaking of the public domain, the internet archive starts seeding over a million torrents. Now what the internet archive does is they basically curate uh, everything that's in the public domain so that it's widely available over the internet. So uh, movies, music, books, live concerts, that sort of thing are all available through uh, the internet archive, which is, I think, archive.org. Um, and uh, in order to make things more available through via uh, the internet, what they've done is they've created torrents of everything that they curate. So now you can go to their website and find the torrent for uh, every single thing that, the, that they that they curate as a torrent. So if you want to get, you know, that movie from 1927 that you really want to check out, you can go and grab the torrent for it and then download it way easier than if uh, it was just available on their website. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I, what, the reason that I, that I really like this is because I, okay, I really like BitTorrent as like a service. I think it's a really, really awesome idea. I really like it when, when people can like come up with a really good and legal way for using BitTorrent. I mean, I thought it was genius when when 
when Linux distributions started using BitTorrent as a way to uh, mirror uh, a copy of, of their distribution. It's like, hey, you want to grab this? Okay, well, you could download it directly and that'll take, you know, 16 minutes or you can use it, you can grab it over BitTorrent, which will take 30 seconds, you know, and then this kind of thing. This is awesome. This is uh, this is such a perfect use for this because it's like, oh, hey, we're going to host this torrent um, of, you know, War and Peace and if you want to download it, you can go ahead and grab it. You could get it from our website directly and it'd take you a minute and a half to download the, the PDF of it or it would take you five seconds if you use BitTorrent. And and so I really like that. I really like that that they're using they're utilizing a platform that is optimally designed for this sort of thing. Just grabbing big files and stuff. What are they going to do when everyone stops seeding though? Yeah, except for it, uh, archive.org is never going to stop seeding, so it's always available. That's true. And it just means that the more popular things to download are going to be even faster to download because there's going to be more seeders. And you know there's going to be nerds out there who just want their EPIM to get bigger so they'll host everything <laughs> just to say that they are. Yeah, exactly. And their Google Fiber connection, those assholes. <laughs> Damn you, Kansas City. <laughs> Google, Kansas. I almost moved to Google or to Kansas City. You was... almost moved to Google? <laughs> <laughs> I would if they would let me. Anyways, moving on. Um, MCA's will bars use of Beastie Boys songs to sell crap. So uh, MCA of the Beastie Boys, Adam Yauch, uh, died this year and in his will he stated that there the uh, it specifically prohibits the use of his image or music uh, from being used in any kind of advertising. Um, yeah, I'm reading the article. Sorry. That's cool. So yeah, it's I mean it doesn't it doesn't specify anything aside from that. It says that that his his uh, his wife his widow is uh, allowed to it has the right to sell any of her any of his work um, if she so chooses. Uh, and I don't think that it actually specified anything about anybody from the Beastie Boys being able to sell their joint efforts at all. Um, so I I don't know how that will work legally uh, like down the road when he decides to uh, if somebody decides to you know if uh, some commercial people say hey for our commercial we want you know this one song that's got your your dead husband um, and we'll pay you 60 million dollars for the rights to use it if they're if that will work or not but I don't know how law works at least in this situation Sublime did something similar when the lead singer of Sublime died like his will had some shit in it that said that they couldn't even use the Sublime name anymore so that's why like when they tour now even though it's only the lead singer that's gone they have to call themselves something else that's lame I was I was trying to figure out if this was the same thing but it sounds like he didn't screw people over as bad as that guy as well yeah I don't remember his name yeah I don't remember his name either nobody remembers his name it's just it's a blind to die yeah. so yeah so the Ukraine has officially shut down Demonoid uh, in an attempt to impress the U.S. government. What, really? Yeah, so Demonoid is no more because, first of all, they got this massive DDoS attack so that they uh, they went offline. But then after that, some Ukrainian government official uh, had the, oh, the interior minister um, had uh, had the, uh, the uh, raided Demonoid and had their servers seized. Um, coincidentally, right before he went on it, 
a trip to the U.S. Uh, to discuss with U.S. officials uh, copyright infringement. So, yeah, basically he did that in order to say, see, we're serious about copyright infringement. <laughs> We're not going to let pirates live in Ukraine. This is outrageous, and we totally want to back you guys up on whatever it is that you're trying to do. So I didn't realize Demonoid was hosting the Ukraine. I, I had, had no, no idea until I read the story. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did, I did notice because I uh, have been known to uh, look at Demonoid from time to time for science. Um, Were you noticed, wearing a lab coat at the time and and space goggles? There you go. Um, in uh, I've 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 noted I noticed a couple of days before this happened that that you couldn't access demonoid.com it was it said demonoid is not is t- temporarily unavailable please check back in a few minutes but it did that for like two days and it was like uh yeah something's going on here and then uh, this came out and it was like that eh, makes a lot of sense yeah, it's just super annoying it's demonoid is a private tracker sort of oh what it's, I did a, not know it's, that. it's a private well it's a private tracker that is open to the public to register and then after like 48 hours or a week or something like that everything goes public so it's only oh, it's only private in the first like week or month or something. Um, if you if you if you uh, upload a torrent to to Demonoid, um, you can specify whether or not it it stays private. So there oh, okay. are certain certain things that are private, and it's only available if you are a member of Demonoid. And you do need an invite to get uh, an account with Demonoid. But what since when? Well, every once in a while they'll open it up, but it's, it's usually locked out. I've, I've never been to that website and not seen a public sign up. I don't know. What I, bugs me about this is the U.S. is again like strong arming people into getting them to do comply with what they want. I don't know what they want, but the media people want. Well, it's what they want because the lobby, the RIAA and MPAA are throwing a shitload of money at government officials to make it what they want. Let's do what the money says. Yeah, I don't know. Reddit should just start collecting money to bribe politicians to do the opposite. I think there's a lobby that just started up that is doing pretty much that. No pack, pack or something like that. I want to donate to that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they got a billboard in front of uh, Lamar Smith's office in uh, Houston or wherever he is. He's from. Well, on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, f- the French government has a an agency called Hadopi, which is in charge of enforcing illegal downloads, um, enforcing the the uh, infringement of illegal downloads. I guess um, they they're the ones because the French law says you know has the three strikes rule. If you get caught copyright infringement, aka illegal downloading, aka pirating, um, you get warning, and then you get a second warning and then you get your internet cut off. Um, so Hadopi is slash was in charge of this uh, until recently and it or it hasn't officially happened yet, but they plan on on abolishing Hadopi. Um, because they're sinking something like 12 million euros per year into into Hadopi, and the result is they've sent out 1 million warning emails, they've sent out 99,000 strike two letters, and they've identified 314 people who have hit the third strike and need to be sent to court for possible disconnection, and zero people have actually been disconnected from the internet. And this program has been in place for three years. Yes. For at 12 so 
million euro a year. So 36 million euro they've spent in total on this, and they've essentially no nothing one. is happening. Yeah. yeah. Hold on, hold on. I'm just being devil's advocate here. I'm not for this place at all. But if they never actually convicted somebody, doesn't that mean that the agency is doing its job? No, because they've they have identified people that sh- that that have gone to court, and they said they said these 314 people uh, have have violated copyright three times. We've or we've caught them three times. They need to get their internet disconnected, and the court said, mm, nah. So basically, the courts are saying, eh, you're worthless. Go away <laughs> to them. Okay. But also to play devil's advocate, um, the uh, iTunes has reported that sales have increased in France uh, by 25%, which is uh, much better than everything else in Europe. So maybe it is having an impact on on piracy, but um, the French government thinks that that uh, uh, twelve million dollars or twelve million euros a year is not a good price to pay for uh, helping Apple sell more MP3s. <laughs> I can get behind that. Anything that yeah. makes Apple die. Yeah. What a bunch of jerks. Uh, Best Buy founder makes an eight point five billion dollar bid to take the company private. So, what I thought was really interesting about this um, is that that I mean, normally when you think about like you know IPOs and and public publicly traded versus privately traded companies, you don't think of a big company like like Best Buy. You think of small, agile companies that have like two employees or twenty employees or whatever. You don't think of like Best Buy and like like doing something like this where you have you know hundreds if not thousands of store locations and hundreds of thousands of employees across the country if not the world and uh, you've got this um, this guy who's just like you know what I'm going to pay everybody who who owns shares in in Best Buy I'm going to pay them between 24 and 26 dollars per share which is basically a 50% increase on what the shares are actually worth he says I'm going to pay you this much money for your shares so that I can take back control of this company and make it no longer uh, publicly traded so that I can do what I think is best for this company because y'all are fucking it up, which is pretty awesome. I think it's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. I don't know. So it, it, It's an interesting... It, it doesn't. It's not something that happens very often except... Um, wasn't there a... Uh, I, I seem to remember something like this happening once before where um, the original owner... Well, Apple, except that Apple is still publicly traded, but Steve Jobs was ousted and then came back. Um, but I think there was another, another tech company that like they sold it and it went public and then they ended up buying it back. So like I don't remember. Yeah. Well, it, it it's just interesting that you know, and I already I already said this that, that I think it's interesting because it's a um it's it's a huge company and and it's like you don't you typically see this kind of move in a in a in a company that, that that's this big. You know, it's usually at this point there's no way and but this guy happens to have the money and he's like you know what and I think I think this company is is doing poorly and I don't think that having it be publicly traded and having all of you people who are shareholders having a say in what we do is a good thing so I'm going to pay you I'm going to pay you more than what this company is worth or what your shares are worth to get control of the company even the guy already has a majority share in the company but he wants to get all of the shares back and say we are no longer publicly traded we are now a private company again so now I am in charge and this is what I say and this is what we're going to do because I feel like I can do a better job of, of making the company what it needs to be than you guys fighting with me about this can do. I don't know. It seems to me that the reason you don't see something like this happening very often is because most of the time when a company is about to go under, they just 
sell off the assets and let it die. But this guy just won't let his his baby die, and so he's trying to revive it. So yeah. I mean, even if he does, the odds that it, that Best Buy becomes what it, as big as it used to be. I mean, the, the the company has just been losing money more and more with um with online sales getting bigger and bigger. Um, and you know, there's something to be said for being able to go into a store and pick something up right away. But in I mean, in major cities, you can get Amazon Prime to deliver something the same day if you order it early in the morning. Right. So I don't yeah, well, you know what? More power to him. He's got the money. He's got the money to throw at this. So why not? Why not let him? Do you hear yeah. what Good he wants on- to do? No. He basically he wants to operate the entire company at a loss for like three years or something like that. Basically, bring his his brick and mortar stores down to internet prices, and uh, he's going to operate at a loss. And hopefully, that, that just builds him enough business that they'll be able to survive it and <laughs> raise their prices again. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> that's not going to work. It's just going to put him in the poorhouse, which uh-huh. is exactly yeah. what I was talking about. The, the guy just won't let won't let the dream die, and so he's throwing bet, good money after bad. Yeah, it'd be. I, I think that this would be way more awesome if the guy had some really visionary idea. I mean, it doesn't even have to be something that we're like, oh man, that's so awesome. You know, as long as it's a disruptive idea, you know, if it was something more disruptive than I'm just going to lower all my prices to what everyone else is charging on the internet, because obviously that is not going to work. Yeah, but if it was something like, like, well, you have to have a, a credit card that has a blue front to get into the store and you need a secret <laughs> password, and then once you get in, you can buy whatever you want, but also, if you know the secret handshake, you get a 25% discount, um, and also we're going to sell everything out of a tractor trailer uh, and move it around, and you have to follow us on Twitter to find it. So, you know, so the like, Best Buy guy is going to start selling drugs? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. But I mean, if, if, if that were the, the, the kind of thing that they were planning on doing, I could absolutely, you know, get behind it. I don't think that that, that would necessarily work, but that's that's a crazy idea, and it might just work, you know? It's not, it's, you got, if you're going to do something like this, you got to have a bold plan and not some weenie move like, like, yeah, we're just going to lower our prices. Well, I will say that if they do that, I will definitely go to Best Buy and buy my TV versus buying it on Amazon and waiting, because I don't live in a city where I can get it shipped instantly, so. Yeah. Well, okay, so here, here's, here's my thing. Living in New York, if I were to buy something bigger than what I can carry on the subway, you have to, have to do same day delivery or else it's not worth it to me. You know, I, if, if it's not same day delivery, I can go on Amazon and get it just as quickly. Mm-hmm. I could go to Amazon and buy a TV and, and more than likely get it shipped to me, you know, within the next couple of days. And the barrier is today in a few days. It doesn't matter if you get it to me tomorrow because tomorrow fits into the in a few days thing. If I want it now and I go to, if I'm going to go to Best Buy and I buy something, I say, you can deliver this to me today. That is something worthwhile. Being able to say, being able to walk into a store, give me that, here's my address, deliver it to me, and then go back to my house and a couple hours later I have it. Great, awesome. I will go shop at that store all day long. But as soon as you crest into the next day, it's like, well, what's the point? I'm just going to go to onto Amazon and find it for cheaper. And, you know, since I have Amazon Prime, I'll get it in a couple of days. If it's really important to me, I'll pay the shipping and get it tomorrow. But most of the time, it doesn't bother me to get it for free in like two to three days. So, you know, what's the point of going to Best Buy? If I can go to Best Buy, say, here is the thing I want. Here is how, you know, here's where I live. Okay, I'll see you in a, a day or two. Yeah, but you live in a city where the like a that's a unique experience. Like if you could go get it at Best Buy or whatever um, or at Amazon and have it delivered almost instantaneously, like most of the country can't do that. Right. 
right. Well, Amazon. So, if but, nine, but at this, for ninety bucks a year, you can have anything that Amazon sells delivered in two days anywhere. But then, I, t- I mean, more to that point though, because we live in a big city and rely on public transportation. You know, most people that go to Best Buy are going to put it in their car and take it home immediately, and so next day del- or same day delivery of, isn't even an issue because you're just mm-hmm. taking it with you. Right. Yeah. It's if I if I still lived in like in Indiana or or Houghton or whatever, you know, it's like well, I could well, okay, Houghton's a completely different <laughs> yeah. because it's like oh, I want to buy a big TV. Well, I could drive seven hours to get to the closest electronics store to buy it, or I could just get it off of Amazon. But like in in Indiana, it's like you know, oh, I want to get a new TV. Well, I could go to I could go to Best Buy and have it in a couple of hours and pay you know one or one or two hundred dollars more for it, or I could just sit back in my chair and order it on Amazon and get and get it in a few days. And in that case, you know, yeah, you're paying a little bit more for for something when you go to Best Buy, but it's it, it ultimately comes down to being a convenience fee. You know, do I want it right now or do I want it in a few days? If I can manage to, if I can manage without it for a couple of days, shit, yeah, I'll pay less money for it. But if I need it now, I'm going to go to the store and get it. And that's what I'm know? saying is, is if that convenience fee doesn't become a factor, then people are going to go to Best Buy to buy this crap. But, you know, it's, it's going to increase their sales for a few years. But once they try to raise their money ba- or their prices back up to actually make money, it's just going to screw them over. That people stop oh, going absolutely. again. There's, um, I can't remember what it's actually called, but there's, there's a name for that particular thing where you, you're basically giving somebody something and then later on down the road you take it back away. And it's like if you never took, if you never gave Heroin them the thing. Sales, in, that's what it's called. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, if you, if, if you never gave them the thing in the first place, the deal, the special, the, the cut prices, the whatever, if you never gave it to them in the first place, people would be, are, would be happier on average, uh, than they would be if you gave them the, the, the discounted price and then later on took it away. Because what happens is you give them the discounted price, you say, oh yeah, this is how it costs, how much it costs all the time. And two years down the road, you go, oh yeah, by the way, you know, we were operating at a loss and we can't do that anymore. So now our prices are going to go back up to what they were before. And everybody goes up in arms. They're like, what? I can't believe I'm paying $25 for this thing that I used to pay $15 for that before that cost $25. This is outrageous. I think that's called the Columbia House condition. <laughs> it's uh, it, and and it's actually been shown that that even if you don't bring your prices back up all the way, it's still you. It, there's no difference in the effect. So like you say, say you charge twenty five dollars for something, and then you're like, oh yeah, no, we're gonna drop all our prices to fifteen dollars. So now it's fifteen dollars to get this thing, and then a couple years later, you're like, oh crap, we can't afford to do this anymore. Hey guys, it's gonna cost you nineteen dollars now for this thing all the time, and everybody goes, what? This is outrageous. I can't believe I'm paying. $19 for this thing that used cost me $15. And it's just it's just as outrageous to them to go to get a, a, a $4 hike as it would be to get the $10 hike. And so I, I feel like this is what's going to happen with Best Buy is they're going to eventually they're going to be like, well, OK, we're raising prices again. And everybody's going to be like, what? Fuck you, Best Buy. I'm going to go buy all my shit on Amazon. And then they'll go public again. Exactly. Vicious and they won't make any money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, you raised your prices again. We're not buying your stock. Fuck you. All right. Uh, moving on, Facebook is trialing an online gambling app, aka one more reason for me to not use Facebook anymore. So uh, Facebook is working with a company called Bingo Frenzy and it's Frenzy spelled friend Z-Y. That's clever. Uh, <laughs> Alright, um, I'm done. <laughs> I don't want a podcast anymore. <laughs> so so th- this company is going to make a uh, an actual gambling app that is available in the 
the UK only because uh, US gamers <laughs> are super fucksword. Um, and you, if you live in the UK and are older than 18, you will be able to gamble on the Facebook. And I think it's funny that they're starting with bingo. Yeah. Facebook is really becoming a thing for old people. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I read some article about it that said that, like, uh, the reason they picked bingo first is because it's already a social game because you don't just sit there and play it like, you know, a slot machine where you just press the button by yourself. But the only social aspect of bingo is you hear that person say bingo and then you all go, fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting that Facebook is going to start doing gambling just because of the all of the legal problems that are going to come up. But oh, yeah. I guess it's a way to boost revenue because they're fucking stock tanked as soon as they went on as soon as they did the IPO. Yeah. IPOs. <laughs> yeah, I, it just, I can't, I don't know. I'm, there, to be honest, there are two types of people in the world. There's those who uh, enjoy gambling for the sake of gambling, aka uh, addicts, and uh, people who realize that if you gamble in a casino, uh, you get free drinks. And I don't see Facebook delivering me free drinks for gambling on Bingo Frenzy. They did, though. If they did, though, I would be in line right now to get this <laughs> app. I would be using easy proxies to pretend I was in the UK so that I could uh, gamble the shit out of all of my money to get free drinks. I wouldn't gamble all of my money. I, I totally... say, that seems like it's still <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just, it did this. It doesn't seem like a good idea to me. I mean, it, I mean, yay, gambling on the internet. They're supporting it. Whoa, whatever. But it's like, seriously, the people that are the only people that are going to do this are people that are like, that have like addictive personalities. They're going to be the people that, that are like, I, it's three o'clock in the morning on a Friday night and I haven't moved in six hours because I'm playing bingo to try and make money and I've lost an entire paycheck tonight, but I can make it all back, you know? And I don't just, I just don't get it. I don't, I, because you know, you know that the first story that's going to come out about this after it launches is the first person that loses, you know, their life savings to Bingo Frenzy on Facebook. It's not going to be, you know, hey, this guy just won a million dollars and donated it to some awesome charity. It's going to be, oh, well, this guy died because he couldn't stop playing the game because he's addicted. <laughs> it's like going to be some North Korean or South Korean, not North North Korean. My bad. I don't know. I I, I have no opinion. <laughs> True yeah, story. I mean, <laughs> Next. I mean, it just, it just doesn't matter one way or the other how you feel about it. You know that this is going to be bad for Facebook. There's no way, there's no good outcome that could possibly come from this. Well, the, the good outcome is they take a cut of the gambling debt yeah, and uh, like, make money for their shareholders. That's that's the that's the good outcome, but then, you know, it, it, PR-wise, there's nothing good that's going to come out of this. It's going to be bad. There's not any way to get around that. It's going to be bad. But I think that, that that pretty much, that's all we can say about it. I mean, yay, Facebook's going to make money, but boo, Facebook's going to look like a bunch of bumbling idiots, like they should. Moving on, uh, SEO is finally, finally, finally done for. But are they? So if you have uh, been following this, which no one has, I don't. No one has. <laughs> Everyone got tired of it like like ten years ago. Yeah. Um, the SEO SEO was had, basically the original patent trolls, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. A- SEO has for uh, at least at least the last ten years, probably more, um, been um, in a lawsuit battle with Linux about patents and about you know it, you can't do that because that's ours. We invented Unix. You can't use any of that crap. And so, and literally, it's been like one of the longest lawsuit battles that I am aware of. I first got uh, SEO on Tech TV, so that ought to tell you how 
old it is. Exactly. Yeah. So um, they filed for Chapter 11 like a long, long time ago. Um, chapter 11 bankruptcy, by the way. Uh, they just recently applied for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. The difference That's being Chapter 11... Sooner. Yeah. What's that? Four chapters sooner. <laughs> so ch- what the difference is, is Chapter 11 is, hey, we're all fucked up um, and we're out of money, but uh, we need we're, we need to reorganize uh, our corporation in order to uh, continue on and not completely flop over debt. Chapter 7 is, uh, fuck it. Yeah. And bas- so basically, uh, SEO or SCO, however you want to pronounce that acronym, uh, has finally ch- given up the ghost, so to speak, and said, uh, fuck it, Chapter 7. But the caveat to this and what makes this the most hilarious story of all time is they're trying to maintain the lawsuit that they have against Unix or Linux. They're, they want their, they want this this litigation that's been going on for fucking ever to continue. And and if they were still in Chapter 11, it would work. It was Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Well, we need to continue. We need to figure this out so that we know whether or not we get some money. And then if we get money, we can put it into the reorganization and get ourselves back on our feet. But now that they've filed Chapter 7 and they're saying, eh, we're done. We're going away now. They're they're like, they're like yep, Chapter 7, we're going away. But we still want our money. So this lawsuit needs to go on. And so it's like a big thing. There's like deliberation on whether or not this lawsuit will continue. And they're like, yes, it has to continue. We need to get that money. Yeah, you lost money because they copyrighted or infringed on our patents and blah, blah, blah. And everybody's like, dude, you're Chapter 7. Nobody gives a shit. You just got to go away now. So I don't know if they're going to actually go away. It's like the thing that won't die. It's like a zombie that you didn't shoot in the head. I don't know. This is a bad simile for thing. Next story. <laughs> Ustream outperformed cable news during the Curiosity Landing. This is super awesome. It's super awesome. Also, Ustream is what we do our live broadcast on every Sunday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, but we very rarely outperform cable news. And by rarely, I mean have yet to get a single viewer. <laughs> Stream live. What's the rumpus podcast.com automatically routes to you stream so you can listen to us on the interwebs on Sunday nights. Sounds great at all. I swear, you guys. Anyways, um, NASA did a live stream on Ustream of the uh rover landing and it got like something like 800,000 viewers. It, uh, it had five, the it was three million two hundred people tuned in, but only 500,000 at a time. That was the max number of viewers at, at a single time. Is that a yeah. Stream it was, limitation or it was, no? It, uh, it was just that's the uh, so to quote the article. It said more than 3.2 million folks watched the rover's descent via their streaming platform across the various streams. The landing had 500,000 concurrent viewers during its peak. So so there was that. Um, but then network TV had uh, surprisingly Fox News had the most with with uh, with 800,000 uh, viewers uh, throughout the broadcast. Um, and then uh, CNBC had uh, like 100,000 MSNBC had around 360,000 and CNN had 426,000. And basically what what this kind of indicates and what people are saying that this indicates is that people are tired of watching uh, just a couple of talking heads who don't really know what they're talking about sitting in front of something. Whereas you can have a, uh, you can go on Ustream and you can watch something and uh, you can interact with a community of people who may know way 
more things about uh, about what's going on than even these talking heads would know. And then you 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 sit down and you can have you you know you can have like a video going of of this thing, and then you can watch this other video of somebody else who's explaining what's going on on the other video, and then you can have you know like the live stream where you know there's like a chat going on on the side, and you can be talking with a group of people about what's going on and and, and all that kind of thing, and and so it becomes a much more interactive experience going through Ustream than you could ever possibly uh, manage with broadcast television. So you said something at the beginning of that that I thought was interesting, which is uh, surprisingly Fox News had more viewers, and uh, it made me think, I suppose if you were being negative, you could say that it's because people that watch Fox News don't know how to use the internet uh, on, on a higher average than people that watch MSNBC or CNN, uh, but on the positive side, you could, um, there was a, Michael Shermer is the uh, founder and chief editor of Skeptic Magazine, uh, and he tweeted the other day a link to a video clip of Neil deGrasse Tyson arguing that uh, Republicans are, are more pro-science than Democrats are. Um, there's a, I put the, the link to the clip in the show, in the Skype channel if you want to watch it. It's pretty interesting, but basically it says, um, you know, it, it's easy to make it's easy to make the argument that Republicans are anti-science because they're going after things like stem cell research, um, but if you follow the money, more Republicans on average spend more money on, sci- on scientific endeavors than uh, Democratic presidents do. Well, the reason that I said surprisingly Fox News is because uh, Fox News actually was doing a lot of uh, attacks on NASA and and this whole mission about whether it actually feasible and like like they were they were actually attacking people about you know who gives a shit about whether we get another rover on Mars and why the fuck are we spending so much goddamn money on something stupid like this this is a waste of time and a waste of money and you're stupid for being an expert in space mm-hmm. kind of thing so that's what that's why I say it was surprising but yeah I, I agree I think that there are a lot of uh, a lot of Republican people especially you know that I know that are that are very scientific and very pro science yeah um, so <laughs> going back to what you were just saying about thinking that the rover is stupid I um I was amazed that it worked especially after watching the video on how it works uh, and I was <laughs> I was I was proud that we did it but at the same time I wish we didn't have to pay for it with taxes like why can't we give that shit to SpaceX maybe they could sound out a, but, a less ridiculous way to do it dude that seemed way too complicated yeah. with like a sky crane and like it's like oh the whole apparatus is gonna parachute down and once it gets to a certain level the sky crane's gonna shoot rockets and then it's gonna deploy the, the the rover on a cable and then land it and then this other thing and blah 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 it's like are you kidding me why, why? On, on the other hand they did put a, a robot the size of a mini cooper onto another planet so maybe we shouldn't give them too much uh, guff <laughs> dude come on the the uh, imperial probes in Empire Strikes Back they just were rockets oh, that shot and then they hit internet and then something popped out it's, why can't we do that they also hovered well yeah and they yeah, said so they, they say to say all the time so did the Curiosity rover it, during one of the stages it used jets to uh, slow itself down to the point that it was uh, um, floating not, it was um, I don't know I forgot the word I'm trying to use I know what you mean <laughs> yeah yeah. so yeah NASA needs to learn from the uh, Galactic Empire yes on that's what's going to happen yeah <laughs> and also <laughs> don't shoot force push they air. Actually yeah. blow up. that's that's the key that's the key thing they should learn from this is don't shoot at rebels because they shoot back and then you'll blow up and then where does that get you next story <laughs> trying to teach you guys a life lesson and you just want to move on to the next story yep because we're almost done and I want to eat dinner the next eat story is science news science hey. news <laughs> 
Minor snag. Um, and now I've completely forgotten what we were talking about. Oh yeah, so science news. Um, there was a study recently done that says that if somebody shows you pictures, you're more likely to think that the statement accompanying those pictures is true. Um, so this, what the study did is wait, they wait, showed wait, a bunch did of the study they, include photos. Okay, yes. and I believe it. <laughs> I, I love that the article that this comes from is is pics, and you assume it did happen. Yeah. So what they did is they asked a uh, a bunch of undergrads about minor celebrities and whether they were and whether they were alive or not. To start off with, they said, "Is this person alive?" And half of the time they would show a picture of a person, and then the other half they wouldn't show a picture. And uh, it's uh, the the study said that that uh, most people, uh, if they were shown a picture, would uh, say that the statement was true. So therefore, if they showed a picture and said, "Is this person still alive?" They would say yes. Um, and they decided that maybe that wasn't such a good thing because if you're showing a picture, you're not showing a corpse, so you, people are unintentionally thinking that maybe that person's alive. So they did another batch of, of uh, questions uh, of the same people, but instead of asking if they were alive, they asked if they were dead. And again, if they were shown the picture, people were more likely to answer yes. So if they were shown a picture of somebody and they said, is this person dead? They would say yes. Um, so they moved on to just random trivia questions. And like, um, is, uh, what was it? Uh, is the macadamia nut closely related to the peach? And again, if they were shown a picture or given a brief description of the object in question, they would answer yes. So if you want to get somebody to say yes to something, you show them a picture associated with the question and they're more likely to say yes, according to this study. So I should start showing girls pictures of my penis before I actually show it to them? Okay. Yes. Why did you say yes? <laughs> James, show you a picture, picture of a donger? Oh, yes. Ooh. So all you got to do is just carry around a picture of your penis and just show it to people and say, do you want to have sex with me? <laughs> what could possibly Fine. go wrong? <laughs> yes, indeed. So uh, that's the rumpus. Yay. Yay. Also, it's going to be delicious. not really true. Yeah. 